Ah, yes, we are back into the combine. Another episode. <laughs> Let's break this down. <laughs> Dying Fetus, the song In the Trenches from the album Rain Supreme. Hmm. Badass breakdown. That is pretty badass. Badass song. I told you guys I've been listening to a lot of Dying Fetus lately. Yeah. Don't know yes, why. Did. Don't know why I was the mood struck. So uh Good choice. Yeah. Alright, breaking down the week. Uh we have a actually very cool episode ahead of us. Um doing little things a little bit different today. Um got the normal what we're listening to. Uh we got an album review, Dark Tranquility, Atoma. And uh, we got a very special guest on our show. Uh, one of our listeners is actually joining us today. He's going to try to persuade me and Shadi to get into Sludge and Doom. So Yeah, we're... this is our buddy August Furman, a uh, huge supporter of the show. You know, He's been with us since early days of the show. And uh, we were talking one day about how we haven't talked about much Doom and Sludge. Basically because all of us, it's not our forte, you know. And uh, he's pretty into it. So we thought, what the hell, man? Have him come on. You know, a little thanks for supporting us and, and try and convince you assholes because I've listened to some of it, but I know you guys don't listen to any of it. So we'll see if he can give us a good suggestion. And then uh, we also got an interview with, uh, who is it, Jason? It's with Nate Garrett of the band Spirit Adrift. He's a sole songwriter, did everything on that album, came out this year. He's also the guitarist in the band Gate Creeper, which we talked about uh, on the Halloween episode. Stan, you dug it. It was like the Swedish mm-hmm. HM2 yeah, yeah. sound. Yeah, so... That'll be at the end of the episode, and it's going to be cool. It's a cool interview. You might not know those bands very much, but this whole episode is a lot of doom and sludge going on, and we thought it'd tie in good with this interview. He gave us his five picks for, kind of asked him to give us for someone who doesn't like it, but also maybe just some of his favorites. So he just gave some of his favorite picks for doom and, and sludgy kind of stuff. So look forward to that at the end of the episode. Cool. So let's just dive what in we're, what we're listening to. Yeah, you know what? For me... You know, over here in Michigan, we had our first snowfall, what, like a week ago? That sucks. (laughs) Shut up, dude. (laughs) This is the time of year where the snow is still okay, though. Beginning, I can deal with it. It's kind of nice. You know, it gets you in that Christmas mood. (laughs) Until you start hating it in January and February. Yeah. yeah. But but the one good thing about the snow is, you know, it gets you in that mood. I'm not talking Christmas. I'm talking black metal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I knew you're going there with it. <laughs> I mean, what's more appropriate? As soon as, literally, as soon as the snow started falling, I put on my headphones, 
took my dog for a walk and I had his blasting immortal at the heart of winter. Okay. That's, I think it's my new tradition. Every new snowfall, I'm blasting that CD. Well, it's a good transition from Halloween creepy shit to... Yeah. I, mean, I guess it's kind of perfect. Immortal? I, yeah. Oh, dude, I've been in such a kick. And that just, like, spearheaded black metal mm-hmm. for me s- since then. Like, that's all, almost all I've been listening to, besides, like, the stuff we're reviewing and stuff. So it started with Immortal, and it's then... A, uh, I'm, I'm interested in what it led to. We well, all know Immortal, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. It well, I don't want to talk about all of it because one of them is going to be on the end of the year list, and I don't want to bring it up yet. I want to have a couple surprises on there. Fair enough. But um, Gorgoroth. What's your feelings on Gorgoroth, Stan? It's uh, Gaul, right? Mid-era Gorgoroth. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, haven't listened to a lot of them, but I mean, everyone knows them because of Gaul. Yeah. Right. Um, the dude in like the yeah. The, what's the documentary? Headbanger's Journey. Yeah, and then he's in like he's got a documentary about himself. Yeah. True Norwegian black metal. He's the guy that's like drinking the wine and has the long awkward silence and he's it's super like weird. Satan. Yeah. They've got a lot of I mean, a lot of people know him. If you know black metal, then obviously you're gonna know them. I, I always knew the name, you know, I, and I just I never honestly to God, I never listened to like a full album or anything. And uh I put on their first album, Pentagram, which does not have gall, that's got like I forget the guy's name. And honestly, it's the whole thing front to back. Is a banger, dude. It's like old school black metal, but it's not, you know, some of the old stuff, why I never got into it so much is, you know, obviously the bad recording quality and all that. And um, this is like a good mid, like, it's it's not great recording. It still sounds super true old school black metal, but it's got enough of, uh, like, the riffing on it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the riffs this guy comes up with are just amazing. Like, really, really good stuff. Like, Everything blurs together, really high-pitched vocals and everything, but you keep listening, and it's just you hear all these really cool riffs. And um, like I said, anybody listens to black metal is going to be like, well, hell yeah, this is a great album. But for me, it was new. So I guess I could play I could play part of the song I was listening to if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Anyways, you gotta just listen to the whole thing. It's just front to back. Honestly, there's no filler on it. Super good. Mm-hmm. That's some good shit, though. So you're not like a Dark Throne, Burzum, well, fan. Honestly, like I said, black metal is still a lot of that stuff is like newer to me. Like Dark Throne, I do like. I do like Dark Throne. 
Burzum, if I mean, I really have to be in the right mood for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The vocals and stuff is just, and maybe I'll get there. You know, like I'm on a journey right now. <laughs> it's probably gonna take all me, take me all winter. So ask me again in a couple of months. I might be like wearing Burzum t-shirts and everything else. Yeah. But right now, I'm still in the more riffy kind of. Um, plus, you know, anything atmospheric, I'm usually drawn to. But I've got another one, but I'm gonna I'll wait. Let you guys go. Okay, Jody. Well, right up that alley of the the black metal, I've actually been listening no. to the new Christ Agony CD. Don't Legacy. tell me you're listening to black metal. Well, I'm, dude. I just I didn't know that it was black metal at first. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit melodic at times. There's it's real fucking riffy though. I like it a lot. What's his name of this? Really, uh, Legacy Christ Agony. It's some Polish band. They've been around for a fucking long ass time. I think this is their. This might be like their seventh full length. Okay, but this, so, yeah. but this, this is a new album though. Yeah, this album came out. Yeah, this year. Uh, I want to say honestly, like a maybe a week or a week and a half ago. Okay, it's it's real recent. Say it one more time, what, dude. Christ Agony, A G O N Y. That sounds really satanic, Shadi. What? It sounds really satanic. They, I think I'm almost positive they are satanic. Well, then I'm not playing that on this show. Why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now I was gonna say what the fuck is wrong with you. Wait till the next band I play. Wait till the next band I play. Just put it on seal of the black flame. <laughs> Honestly, though, man, there's like, I don't know if I was just in the right mood or, or whatever, but it gets, it's more like melodic and riffy than some of the black metal that mm-hmm. I'm accustomed to hearing. 
But honestly, it's some good shit. Uh, fucking recorded at Studio 666 over in fucking Poland. So you know it's good. They've been around for a long ass fucking time. I haven't dove into any of their other shit and I don't know that I will. Yeah. This one just came across the radar and I, I don't even... I think Signum Diaboli, I probably am butchering that, but it's number two on the album. That's the song I listened to first, and then I was like, fuck it, I'll listen to the whole thing. And then I just had it on, and it's some good shit. I mean, it takes you on that black metal ride, but yeah. they'll start getting you with, like, the... I don't want to say Riffs. the technicality, I like the musicality, because they start... You know, it's a little bit... It's a little bit more melodic, and it's not so monotone. So basically, there's a lot of hope for you, because I think you just haven't been exposed to enough, just like how we are. You know, like, I'm finding so much new shit right now that I'm loving. I think some I of the stuff I've been... I'm going to drive all the way up there and backhand No, I'm just saying, hope. like, that's just saying, because, you, no, you usually don't listen to any black metal, dude. Yeah, well, yeah I mean... But would you way, say that this is black metal though? Yeah. Like, this probably isn't straight black oh, for metal. Sure. But that's is. what you're that's what I'm saying. I think you don't even realize oh. the freaking possibilities. It's like modern yeah. black metal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. The only thing I think your frame of reference is usually is like is like second wave Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. And so I get that. Like uh but there's so much shit out there that like is is honestly like way more accessible or like you know palatable or whatever well then yeah let me be the first to fucking say if you're not really feeling black metal then you should fucking you know give this album a chance this band a chance actually i shouldn't say band because i can't speak for the rest of their shit give this album a chance because it's very good and then if you really like it then dive into their older stuff i'll check some of that out because i hadn't heard them before so i liked it though it was good yeah how about you well stan what do you got for us yeah um well okay i guess i could bring it up later but i'm gonna bring it up now there's one CD I never really thought I never really realized how much I liked it until so we obviously we're talking about Dark Tranquility. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it many times before. Yes, but I want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about Haven, the CD from Dark Tranquility. Yes. Okay. You guys ever get into it? No. It's a little bit more of the catchier one. Okay. It's one of the it's one of the two bad ones from them, I guess according to the Really? Yeah. According to yeah, Dude, everybody's the general got, masses, yeah, they don't. Everybody's got. They say that that was a large departure. Yes, exactly. Oh, because okay, that, it's, right, projector and Haven, those were like the slower ones, yes, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. They're, they're, it's kind of like the Op- what Opeth is doing now. They kind of went down that road. I don't know that there's much screaming in either one of those albums. No, there is, but it's it's definitely yeah. You're like you said, it's, it's a, getting off the path or whatever. I don't know how you put it, but uh. It's a really fucking good album. I I don't know. I've just been like can't, I can't stop like running it. I've been going that between that and Atoma really? lately. But I think it's one of those albums. If anyone out there has never given it a chance, I know it's a little catchy, little. How different from Projector is it? Oh, it's I'm way, not a okay, Projector fan. Projector sucks. That's I can <laughs> I can say that like that album really sucks. But the Caven's like it's like the weirdness of Projector just done really really well. Okay. And I think it's a very fun, enjoyable I've listened. album. I just like, don't remember. It's like the sing-along album. It's like the, some of the riffs that are in there are really cool. The keyboards are really prominent. It's like one of the first ones. I don't know. I don't know, really, Well, I guess <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, what's a song that could change our minds? In Different Suns.
Yeah, anyway, so down my black metal path. Um, hopefully this doesn't become a black metal show. I thought I thought you guys were going to mix it up for me, and then all of a sudden Shoddy's throwing a monkey wrench into it with his oh, black metal. I got metal. another one coming up. Don't worry. There's <laughs> definitely no more black metal on this guy. I was so. hoping somebody would have something more accessible. I tried putting the Dark Tranquility into it, but okay. it seems like no one wants to listen to me, so <laughs> go. Let's hear it, Jason. Well, this one, I mean, this is, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's a little more accessible black metal, but it, I mean, I think maybe it is. Watain? You guys listen to Watain at all? I never all? actually listened to him at all. It's one band that I not okay. Sorry, I cut you off there. Um, oh, you're good. It is one band that I actually have kind of liked before, but I just haven't really given it a lot of time. And then, and then, obviously, down lately, uh, Lawless Darkness. It's it's not their latest album because they have one that came out after that one that I believe is pretty good too. But this one for me, I don't know, man. I haven't gotten past it yet because I've just been playing it so much. But the riffs on this thing are just phenomenal. Like it's. There's catchy leads that come throughout it. Like um, songwriting is really good. Like they implement like um, you know uh, more okay. traditional stuff. Like you know it's not all tremolo picking and stuff like that. There's a ton of that, but I don't know, I think it just mixes enough of that like traditional black metal with more of like the thrashy kind of riffs that just do it for me. And then it throws in the atmosphere that you need. And then the production job is it's perfect for it. You know it's not overproduced, but yet it's not the shitty old black metal kind of sound. It's somewhere in the middle, and it gives it this earthy feel that I think is like really good. So I want to play this the track. I don't know how you say it, Malfator, but uh, it's got a lot of those like real catchy, just kind of melodic riffs going on throughout it. A cool atmosphere. Okay, um, 
tight I thought r- that was some good fucking shit. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to hear more of it. No, no, tight riffing, but it threw me like, okay, it sounds like Burzum guitars, like that old, <laughs> really old shit over like really produced drums. It was weird. It was like, it threw me off a little bit. I could see what you're saying there. And the was, vocal but, sounded really good though too. Like yep. really overproduced vocals. Well, not overproduced. No, no, you know what I mean. For black metal, is that what yes, you mean? Yeah. For black metal. Okay. But the guitar sounded like shit. I don't know. It was but, weird. But I think that's because they want that tre- that tre- high treble yeah, yeah. effect. You no, know I what get I'm it. Saying? Like, like they're keeping that it, in there. I don't know. I liked it though. Yeah, it dude. It gives it that critical, earthy feel yeah. though. It gives it that like, it's just enough where it's like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? It keeps the black metal yeah. feel. I think it's perfectly it's produced. The, the punchy bass and black mm-hmm. metal throws you off because like you never yeah. hear that. That's like a death metal thing. Like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think oh. that's why like so many people like them. They're a pretty yeah. popular black metal band, obviously. Yeah. Well, plus like their stage show. Have you guys ever heard about that? Like they throw blood into the crowd, like real yeah, animal yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking savages. Oh yeah, they like they tout themselves as full on Satanists. Like they they're trying to they're, you know they seem to be the real deal, but um. Besides any of that, like they're just if you don't like black metal a lot, I still give this a shot because it's really catchy, honestly. Oh, dude, I was digging the little preview that you were letting you know that you were fucking playing for us. I couldn't <laughs> even talk because I was liking it so much. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I will definitely give them a whirl. introduced you in the, in the beginning of the show you know we, we said what we we're going to be uh doing but yeah so uh we got you on because all of us aren't quite as into the sludge and doom right sam yep no you gotta enlighten me yeah so ah. <laughs> so well, that's too bad <laughs> <laughs> so i mean at least you probably know more than all of us on it you know i i, I dip my toes in but uh it's a new thing for me that's for sure so well i mean it's honestly it's a little it's kind of new for me too uh just the last few years, I started listening to it more. Uh, I just I just happened to catch this little documentary on YouTube about like the whole Southern New Orleans, Georgia, that whole scene down there. And I just some of those bands that were mentioned started getting into them. And uh, it's totally it's just a sound that really you can only get from that area. Mm-hmm. Well, th- throw some of those bands out there. Who who in particular are you talking about? Oh, uh, I hate God. Um, they're like just the the really the pioneer of the whole sludge scene they uh started out in the early 90s and uh they were real heavily influenced by uh oh celtic frost black flag sabbath of course just like any really other any any other metal band and they just kind of started doing their own thing and it, it really took off it's i don't know it's just something about that area they just they have the the groove down uh really more than any other any other part of the country really so uh no go ahead Charlie. Uh, I was going to say, I just, going back to the topic of the I Hate God real quick, it's actually funny that you would bring them up because do you know who's doing the lead vocals for them right now on their current tour? Um, I, Yeah, kind of. Um, I know Phil Anselmo and Randy Blythe were two. Yeah. That were yeah. doing, 
And I happened to catch a video of Randy singing. Uh, then that's what I was hoping. How was that? It was it was badass. It really is. Um, any of the listeners, if you get a chance to check it out, it's it's a really badass video. I mean, there's you know on YouTube you can find anything, but we should probably throw out the two cents we're talking about. We can't, you know, Mike the uh, with his health problems right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a bummer. Um, I saw an update early a few days ago. Last I heard, he's gonna remain in the hospital until uh, basically he gets a new liver. I think that's what I yeah the, uh, the post said. Yeah, they've got some so. funds up online. You can find that to donate. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds rough, but hopefully, sounds like they've raised a lot of money. Hopefully, they can get something going with that. Cause yeah, dude, I mean, that band needs to definitely keep going. And yeah, cool, man. Well, uh, let's jump into it. Cause uh, I know we don't have a lot of time. What band do you want to start with to kind of open these guys' eyes up a little bit? Um, I was thinking, uh, we could start out with Graves, Graves at Sea. Okay. Yeah, Graves at Sea. That's a pretty, uh, you know, that was one I listened to. It was getting a little bit of hype when it released and, mm-hmm. uh, super sludgy. They, they kind of, Especially the song you picked, uh, the Waco 177. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what that's about? No, nope. You guys might have heard last year there was that biker shootout down in Waco, Texas. Okay. Uh, it was a, a shootout between the uh, the Banditos and uh, another biker gang called the Cossacks. And uh, 177 guys were arrested. I think seven guys were killed. Um, but that's what the song's about. I really don't know if uh, the band is tied to <laughs> any biker <laughs> stuff, but... Uh, they do have um, a yeah, bit I just of a... thought that was interesting. I, that song is, it's got some groove and yeah, just an interesting thing to, to sing about. So they do have some history, yeah. right? Some of them were in prison and stuff. They kind of had some stuff going on from what I had read in the past. Uh, you know, uh, that would make sense. I mean, this band's been around since I think the early 2000s and they're just now getting yeah. their debut album out this year. I, I think there's some gnarly dudes. I don't know exactly what happened with them, but uh, I'm sure you can find it online. But let's go ahead. We'll play a little bit of that one and let's see what these guys think. My thoughts, 
little slow. I know all this is going to be a little <laughs> slow, but um, uh, I don't know. I like the vocalist a lot. Yeah, he's. he's I do. Killer. I do actually like the vocalist, yep. but the the guitar tone. Oh, that's like my biggest. I can't stand that kind of guitar what? tone. Like that buzzy, like buzz. Like, I don't know. Unless it's uh, like. No, I was enjoying it. I mean, I do agree with the slow part, and I know that that is a characteristic of Sludge. But yes. It's, well, you're in fucking. It was real groovy. Like I could under you know, like I could so feel. I guess maybe it's one of those things. You gotta see. No, live, I wanted kinda? to listen to more of it because it, was it going? Any, it was going oh, somewhere, yeah. wasn't it? Well, it's a long, dude. There, all their songs are long. That one Exa- right there, is, yeah, like eight minutes. I'm yeah. looking at some of the, the times here, and that's where I knew, like, that's, and that's the you know the detriment to doing this because unfortunately we don't get the whole fucking painting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this album, uh, eight songs, seventy six minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then that's just wait until we get to enter Arma. But uh, yeah, the ashes made her beautiful. Fifteen minutes, you like this? <laughs> right. It's funny. Like when you sent that song, I actually hadn't gotten that far on the album. Every time I listen to it, I get about halfway through, and it's just so long. I honestly haven't gotten all the way through it yet. I always right, loved, right. <laughs> I always love the first half. You sent me that, and I was like, shit, that's a really groovy ass good song. So I'm glad. I'm mm-hmm. glad I listened to it. I'm gonna have to go back and like get to the second half now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you go to. Uh, one of their live shows you show up late you only missed like half a song <laughs> so you, got, you got plenty of le- you got plenty left so that's true i thought it was good as shit i love that groovy uh, those groovy riffs just slow mm-hmm. down like that i mean i think it's something you just got to kind of get used to you start listening more and more you'll get the feel of it but i know what you're saying stan i'm, I'm hey i'm still here though <laughs> um, i want to hear more so all right what's next man uh, next up, I uh, I chose Inter Arma. I think they've uh, they're gaining a lot of popularity here lately. Yeah, do, um, uh, do Decibel like they just did their uh, top twenty or something like that of the year. And uh, Inter Arma, I know that album just made it on that list, so they're about to probably blow up. I mean, more than they already are now. I know they've got a lot of buzz going. So yeah, uh, I I can't remember who I saw, but they've been on they've been on a few lists. Mm-hmm. Um, for album of the year, but uh, this one, this one's nine songs, ninety-three minutes long. Uh, <laughs> Jesus! So you know, set aside a weekend and <laughs> turn it on. <laughs> but uh, this one, uh, I just picked out their uh, uh, transfiguration uh, for this one. But uh, I think these guys, they sound a little more proggy. They're not. Like Graves at Sea, you know, you, you hear that and you, you just kind of feel like you need a shower. Just mm-hmm. it's so fuzzy, so dirty. <laughs> These guys, they're I didn't really get that, you know, just real fuzzy, just, just distorted sound from them. But I, you guys might hear something different. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I agree 100 percent. I think they're weird because they mix. You can fully hear some sludge in there. Oh, yeah. But yet you do hear a lot of the doom, too. Like they're one of those bands where they could pull easily from both sides to me. I mean, I hear mm-hmm. some some barrenness in there, which I freaking love. Like yeah. the in, like the intro song, like the riffs in that intro song. To me, every time I hear it, I can't help but think uh, like barrenness a little bit, you know. Oh, and then like the absolutely. other both, in, there's like two instrumentals in there, and it's a super good album. It took you know, honestly, like I heard this a while back, and I wrote it off. I was like, I don't know, it's just boring. And then honestly, now I I really really like it, man. It's a really good album. So you got uh, Transfiguration. So.
<laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, I can keep it going, but we got those, these, the thing is about this. These are long ass songs. Yes, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, well, that was nice there, how we went, you know, we got a different, I don't know how far ahead you skipped there, but I really liked the two little parts that I got to listen to just there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't too fond of the second part, but I actually did like that first one a lot. It was very creepy. Because it had that yeah, slow, dude, it made slow me want to break shit. Like <laughs> slow guitar riff, mischievous things. But then, like you know, what I'm saying like you know, what I'm saying like creepy though. Like it had very slow guitars, like like ominous. But they had those drums rumming running behind it. I don't know. I really like that. And then like there's also like harmonies with the guitars. It was very cool. I liked that a lot better than that first clip we played. But uh, I, th I thought you would, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I will definitely have to check them out as well because that is some real good shit. All right, uh, that's two down. Let's. Uh, what do you want to do next, man? Uh, how about uh, Kylesa? Um, they're actually on hiatus right now, but last year they they their last album was released last year. It was it was solid, but this song that they released, uh, "Shaping the Southern Sky," is. It was my favorite song of last year. Um, I listened to this over and over again. Um, this is the one you threw us on the Groove episode, right? Yes. Absolutely, yeah. That was a kick-ass yeah. Groove. Yeah. This one, it's not as long. It's only, uh, I think, just over five minutes. But uh, this song really, I mean, it really takes you on a journey. And in the middle there, it just crawls. And then at about the eh, four and a half minute mark, it just goes into this this awesome riff. And... I would just, I I would just skip to that sometimes and just hear that. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. But they're uh, they're a little more towards like the little more uh, towards the rock uh, spectrum. Stoner, uh, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they throw some psychedelic stuff in there. I mean, mm -hmm. the uh, lead vocalist he uses. Um, I, th I think I'm saying it right. It's called like a theremin. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he throws that in there, and it's it's really crazy. And that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, during the live shows, he really gets into it, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, but they they uh, they got the he uses that. They have a dual drummer uh, thing going on, which is a little different. You don't get that a whole lot. No, not at all. But yeah, uh, they're from the Savannah area, uh, same area as Baroness Black Tusk. I think they're pretty tight with the Mastodon guys. So it's just you know another another situation where you know just bands from that area just start out together and just real tight so right all right let's play it man we'll do let's do the beginning then we'll jump to that groove maybe
yeah, that groove at the end gets me every time. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Then we misskipped the southern it. Southern influence is so fucking. What what's the word for it? Prominent. Well, it's obviously it's there, but it's like it just it, the mixing it with you know the earlier part that we got to hear with that groove after. It's just a real nice blend of music. In the middle, it gets real like dusty, like deserty, like psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty. Yeah, cool. it just just that part there when just crawls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but this latest one, I don't think it's their strongest, but there are some some really good tracks on there. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you brought them up because I mean they're huge, huge for the for the genre, you know. Stan, what'd you think? You were making a face. <laughs> <laughs> a little too rocky for me. Okay, they, along this the lines of, guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Didn't have anything hard. I don't know. Just go put your uh, jean metal jacket back on. Patches. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. It's it's not my style. Like it yeah. had like a ghost feel too. Okay. Ghost. I mean, I guess. And I'm just not a big ghost fan. Like that's what I instantly thought of was like, I see where you, I kind of see where you're coming. I from. think I, li- I liked it better than Ghost. Like, but uh, I don't know. I like the heavier. <laughs> like, let's. let's I had a heavier. feeling. I had a feeling you might not like any of these other ones. Well, you really? might like one of the other ones, but I had a feeling you probably like Inter Armor probably the most. But we'll see. Um, which one's next, man? Um, now we're kind of switching gears, going to the more of the Doom. Not so much sludge, really, at all, but just under that doom, kind of goth metal side. Um, and these two bands are from both from Rome, Italy, and uh, they're they're kind of tied together. Uh, the first band we're gonna play that I like that I like to play is uh, uh, the Foreshadowing. Their drummer used to be in the uh, other band, Novambra, and uh, I think uh, Follow Heroes should be the one to play. And all these albums, except for Kylesa, came out this year. Okay. Uh, so these are all new releases. But uh, yeah, Fall Heroes. This was it's the a only, good one. This was the only one out of them that I was having trouble with the vocals on. So I'm hoping, now that we listen to it again, this might grow on me. We'll see.
Okay, it grew on me a little bit. That chorus was actually pretty strong. Yeah, I didn't hate it by any means. I mean, I don't know. Uh, how can I say this? I don't like clean singing all the time, so I have to be in the mood to listen to it because there's yeah, these is are, there any screaming to break it up. No, August, or these are these are all cleans on on uh, uh, he's, he's for this all one. Cleans, true and true. Then. Yep. Yep. Okay. See, I mean, I would just. I mean musically though it was too good for me to you know completely disregard it just because of the clean singing so i would listen to it it would just be a mood-based thing because i did mm-hmm. like how it was grooving and mm-hmm. i did really really like the tones and oh, actually yeah. like you said the chorus was really strong so it reminded me of fuck, uh, who is it i mean i guess i don't know who it reminded me of it was just strong vocally and i liked it Honestly, a little bit we're gonna be doing the dark tranquility review like michael stani when he gets a little bit operatic a little bit Mm-hmm. I was actually I just going to bring that up. Like, that's not far off from, you know, not just even Michael. Like, a lot of melodic death metal bands nowadays are putting in those kind of, yeah, operatic yeah. vocals. And I actually really enjoyed that. It was very musically, that was, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, very hard hitting. Mm-hmm. And the guy's got a good voice, so. Yeah, uh, I, I loved it right away. I actually played uh, some of these songs for my wife the other day, and she was like, oh, it sounds like The Cure. I was like, shut up. No, it doesn't. Like, yeah. But, yeah, the the vocals with with these two kind of – it's it took uh, – they're different. Going into the next band, Novambra, these vocals I, I, I didn't really – uh, care for at all but they're from they're from rome as well this this one's called ursa the the cleans on this one they they sound a little nasally which kind of takes some getting used to but the growls are are solid just as i mean as, as good as they get it's see I, I i actually took right to the cleans like i actually had no problem with them and oh, wow. um, okay. and you're right like the the growls are like top notch like super mm-hmm. super good and uh dude, this is a weird this is, a, this is i don't want to say it's my favorite of the five but it surprised maybe it surprised me the most at first i was like what is this and then i couldn't stop listening to it like i listened to the whole album a couple times now and uh not by choice like i just planned on listening to a song or two and i just like couldn't turn it off like it's very very you mean so it was by choice then <laughs> well okay okay it wasn't <laughs> okay yeah it wasn't my intent like i didn't plan on it there but there <laughs> you go I'm not the scientist, bro, okay? It took him a minute. We got him, though. He's here with us, you guys. <laughs> I, but it, it, uh, it was fucking good, man. It's weird. It's like it's definitely very doomy, but you're right. Like It's got that, that gothic uh, element to it with a lot of progressive stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's, I mean, I, I thought of Catatonia. Um, yeah, when I heard it. that was my first thought, um, too. Yeah, um, but not really a copycat. Like, they're definitely doing their own thing with it, but... Yeah, 100%. Well, let's play it, see what you guys think.
guys think? Stan, yeah. I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> um, I liked it. I didn't really like the clean singing on this one. Yeah. Just because I didn't think he was, oh, I don't want to say, like as good as the other one. I, but I really enjoyed the death growling or the growling. Did you hear a little enslaved in that? Like, yeah. The, vocals, like, the death vocals? Yeah. And I mean, I, I enjoyed the music. I just headbanging the whole time. It's just, I don't know. It didn't hit me like the other one did, though. And I can't pick up part. You I, do I, have to get like through some full songs again. Yeah. Like it's very. Uh, the other one's more accessible, I think. Yeah. In, in a way, if you if you check out like a couple full songs, though, I don't know if it's up your alley. Like I didn't really know if this one would be up your alley, Stan, because it's. Mm-hmm. It's way more towards the doomy side of things with the gothic elements and but um like some of the melodies in this like honestly they mix they really mix some of that like those like beautiful emotive uh, riffs with some of that like harsher stuff really well but it takes a couple you know it takes that full song to really build up and and uh, I don't know I think they do a really good job I can't believe I never heard of these guys before uh, I liked it I don't I wasn't as strong on the vocals as in the you know in the last band that we listened to. Um, but I did think that it grooved nice. I was in the same boat as you. I felt that I wanted to keep listening to it to hear what was coming next. But yeah, I just the, the vocals weren't the strongest. But although you know that the growling was nice though, I did like that a lot. But the cleans weren't as strong as the last one. But I really did like you know a lot of the shit that we had here, and it does open up now, uh, you know, a Pandora's box. So I thank you all. You're, you're for, living in fucking. You're living in Georgia, dude. So you should start getting with a sludge. Well, exactly. That's Come why. On, bro. That's that was the other thing too. Is it's that whole southern, and that's I guess another thing too. I guess that I have to say about the last band is that I didn't hear that southern influence. Yeah, la- that as no, much more as it wasn't, and I know that that's not a, a hallmark of the genre, but that's maybe why you know I liked some of the older stuff, not maybe older, gonna... but some of the stuff that we heard earlier on. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you were saying earlier, I mean, it's it's a it's that selective it's a selective genre of music. You can't just really uh, listen to a song here and there. Like if if you're going to get into it, you got to, you know, jump in with both feet and just set aside some time and (laughs) listen to a whole album from start to finish. And go into I would say go into with the mood. um, You don't want to be like in the mood for speed or you don't want to be in that like that kind of mood. It's a different mood you got to be in when you approach this kind of stuff. So. I think that's half of I it. I think for that's me. the issue with me. I'm always in the mood for speed. <laughs> I hear you, brother. If you, ain't, if, if you ain't first, you're last. That's the way that I live my life. So right. it's hard sometimes to slow it down. Just yeah, get into the groove of what you know Sludge and Doom have to offer. So I feel you, man. Well, hey, dude, thanks a lot. Um, we appreciate it. Appreciate the suggestions, man. Yeah, this is great. Uh, you know, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for the invite and everything. Uh, this podcast has been awesome. Uh, I think I can speak for, <laughs> for all the listeners. No, seriously, uh, this, uh, metal doesn't get any recognition anywhere. So, you know, it's cool to finally, you know, listen to you guys talk. It's like, Oh, this is, you know, me and my one friend that listens to metal. This is, this is us, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's cool to listen to you guys. Thanks dude. No, that's awesome, man. We've, we've really, you know, fucking enjoyed having you on the other end. Cause when we first started this, I mean, we, you know, we didn't know that, you know, there'd be anybody out there that'd want to listen to us. And it's been real nice to have people like you, you know, be there with us from the start and then just constantly supporting us. We can't thank you enough, honestly. Well, 
I've been waiting for a long time for this one, but uh, Dark Tranquility put out a new album a couple weeks ago, Atoma. Yeah, this was for you, Stan. Yeah, I guess we're just going to rate this one. Why not? Uh, All right. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll start it out. I'm giving it a 8.5. I'm giving it a 7. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Shoddy? <laughs> uh, I'm giving it an 8. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, you know, I was pretty pumped for this one. Dark Tranquility, DT. I talk about them enough. But yes, you do. I wouldn't say, I, by no means am I disappointed. Solid album, but I kind of like the last one. I feel a lot better. Okay, Stan, so how about this? Because they're not my, they've never been my favorite yeah, band. Yeah. They're never my go-to for melodic death metal. Yeah. But I appreciate them. I love the gallery. Mm-hmm. And I always like Damage Done. And, you know, I just don't go to them a lot. But recently, going back a lot more... I'm starting to see those different, like they're different patterns. Yes, they go they go in twos. I'm putting Skydancer aside, but they're put, right. they go in twos. So you got the gallery and you got Mind's Eye, pretty oh, similar. Yeah, okay, got you, got you. And then you got Haven and Projector, very similar. And then you got uh, We Are the Void and Fiction character. Yeah, no, a character and Damage Done, and then We Are the Void and Fiction. Right, both both those are similar to the other ones. So then you got Construct and Atoma. Right, very, you're right, you're right. Very similar, but I like Construct a lot better than I do Atoma. I'm with you. That's you know? why I didn't rate, that's why I rated this a seven. Yeah. Because I would say um, Construct would be more of like an eight for me. Uh-huh. It's, because they're both like, you know, when I, Damage Done, though, it's just got that energy. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm no, saying? Of course, yeah. Where, so for the for this one, it's it's all about like, for me, it's all about the atmosphere. I see a dark, both of these albums, very dark. Got, it's got some, but it's some also like very aggressive. On. If you compare it to like fiction and we are the void, those are very just slow, dark. This mm-hmm. is very like heavy, dark, aggressive, dark. I don't know. What about you, Shoddy? I don't know, man. I mean, I really was digging some of the riffs and shit, but I really didn't like how mellow it got at times. Yeah. And I guess that's one of, that's the issue that I've had with you know some of dt's newer stuff it's very like i wouldn't even say just their newer stuff but this album's very up and down you yeah got, you got cool parts and then it just gets a little too slow well then... yeah exactly yeah it's like really like it's it's a roller coaster that i don't really like riding <laughs> but like that's the thing though is there's still enough on it for me to give it an eight because it's still a solid album it is and it's very just, solid it's still fucked up to me that these guys came out with their first album in 93 and it's 2016 and they're oh, yeah. still What's fucking their 20th album at least or, solid you know. yeah it's solid shit all the time so i mean i guess i kind of gave them the eight based on merit because i mean it's saying something to put out this many albums and have them sound this good and i mean i hate to say consistent because you you just went over the stylistic differences but you're right but there's still that musicality that dark tranquility feel to all of them yeah, you can always know it's Dark Tranquility throughout all of them. They just yeah. make little changes, you know? Yeah, Even exactly. though they're different, different eras, but like you can always tell it's them. But I guess you made a good point because that's the, kind of my problem with Dark Tranquility overall. They're, they always have super consistent, solid albums, but there's always a couple filler tracks, to me at mm-hmm. least. Like I've never heard one where it's just like, maybe the gallery, but like, yeah, probably the maybe gallery. Maybe the gallery. Probably, probably, probably the gallery. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that's, what I was, that's what I mean. Probably the gallery. But everything else... Probably. There you go again with this, like, not being absolute in your fucking, you know, speech. The gallery has no listen, fillers. Listen, Move slaughter on. the soul, no fillers. Okay, Jesse Rates, no fillers. We're going to go into this again. Pro- <laughs> probably no fillers. Let's get August back probably on the phone. Probably no fillers. Stan, hit him. You're next to him, man. I love the gallery. I do. I really do. But 
I feel like everything else, there's some fillers in it. I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but but this one, I mean, that's the thing. You're right. It does have enough strong songs to still make it a good listen. It's super solid. Like, there's no bad songs on it. This is one of the first ones I got. Okay, I'm I'm putting projector side. That album is horrible, like mm-hmm. f- for this band. But you know, out of everything else, I really do enjoy it. This is like the one I probably got the most bored with, though. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, though, it did grow on me. Because at first listen, yeah. I was like, this is boring, Stan. Why do we have to? I don't want to listen to this again. And then it kept getting a little bit better and better. And then it's one of those that if you listen, like when I listen at the right time of day, yeah, it's better. Like if I'm really trying to get pumped up, you know, or if I'm listening to something that's a little bit more crazy and you go to this, it doesn't hold up. But if you're in that right mood where, you, where you're looking for a more of a mid-tempo or like that more of the atmosphere, because it has a lot, a lot of atmosphere. I'll give oh, it, it does, that, man. Yeah. Like the keys on this mm-hmm. are strong. Like. I think the keys are what hold it together for me. I prefer the era where they have the riffs are what's holding the songs together. Whereas this, to me, it's way more of like the atmosphere of it. It's not so much like catchy catchiness or the yeah. riffs are, you know, it's like a, it's a sense of atmosphere. They add some of that gothic element in there. But the keys are, I don't know, I think they're really interesting. Like the mm-hmm. last song, the keys are so... Oh, Caves and Embers? Yeah. Oh, that's the highlight of the album for sure. Yeah. Like I really like the first song, Encircled. Yeah. It starts with that more aggressive feel. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh huh. It I was like, kind uh, of a it was kind of a tease to me though. I know. You know what I mean? Same like, here. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh no, this album is great. It's really good. And then you get to the second song, it's a little too much of the cleans for me, maybe. And yeah, it slows down. I'm right there with you guys. I did do a lot of skipping around. What was a couple of your guys' favorite tracks? We talked about the oh, ending song. We talked about the first song. Yeah. Um, I, I like neutrality too. It had some like sweet riffs in say, there. Yeah, the pitless, I thought, was decent. Yeah, yeah, the pitless. That was another faster one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, was, I probably sound like I'm. I'm really don't like this album, but I actually, you know, I listened to it like right before we did this episode, and I almost elevated it to like an eight because I actually was like, I must have been in the right mood for it, and I was really feeling it. Whereas other days, you get to certain tracks, and I'm like, I, I, I was almost like waiting for it to be done because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was slowed down. But then you get to a good good track, and you're like super into it. So. I guess maybe it seems like for all of us, like it's kind of like a mixed bag overall. Yeah. But the yeah. good tracks make up for the bad, maybe. No, yeah, like, definitely. Well, yeah, it's still solid when it is good to the point of it's, you know, the, the rating still got elevated because of that. So the shit that's on there didn't weigh it down too much. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's real easy for me to just hit next and then mm-hmm. go on to a song that's good. Same here. And it's not like it's every other song on this album. 
Yeah, but it's worth a listen. So I mean, if you're a oh, fan, for sure, definitely listen to like it. Like we said, solid album. You know, I thought it kind of be we kind of talked to here and there. Kind of, you know, In Flames just came out too. Yeah, and we're kind of thinking like it'd be cool to, you know, same era bands. You know, you know, started the same time to kind of compare it. I'm just gonna say it right now. Don't even waste your time like with the yeah, In Flames that it's shit. Real oh bad. man, they're hard. I guess. So Which I guess it's not bad, but it's hard. Seeing where Dark Tranquility went to In Flames, and I mean. Dude, I because you said that and I tried listening yeah. to it. I couldn't get through it, man. You, you it's know, I said I said the idea before I listened to it too, and then I was just like, okay, I'm not gonna bring this up again. Maybe they forgot that I um, said that, you know. But <laughs> no, I'm glad you did no. because you never know. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's always worth a try. You know, I'll I'll listen to it, but it's oh man, dude, I was cringing. I was yeah, man. I was, don't know, dude. I was in right there. It was real hard. Wrap her up. Yeah. Yeah, so enjoy that interview with Nate Garrett of Spirit Adrift and Gate Creeper. Again, if you haven't heard of them yet, check it out. Solid stuff. He's got a cool story, too. That guy, he's just a really cool guy, interesting, fun to talk to. So that is coming up next. Yeah, well, this is a very, very fun and entertaining episode. And now we want to give another thanks to August Furman. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, August. <laughs> Um, well, this has been another episode of Into the Combine. Uh, this is Stan the Man. Jason. Shoddy. And you guys stay metal out there.
to Shred Podcast and was really impressed just with everything you were talking about. And uh, I had listened to the album before that. We had gotten it from uh, uh, as, as, a, as a promo and really liked it and kind of forgot about it for a little bit there. Then I listened to that and picked it back up and I was like, holy shit, you know, this is a album just to keep keep in rotation for a while. And so really happy to finally, uh, you know, get to talk to you about it a little bit. That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. You know, I, I never really, I, it's hard to see like direct results from doing podcasts or like staying busy on Instagram, but every once in a while, somebody will tell me something like that. And it's always good to hear that the, the work is paying off, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, definitely hope, I think our listeners are definitely going to like you. We try and get a good mix of bands and, you know, from all different kind of varieties. And I don't know, I think what I'm liking about your, your album it seems like it's, it could be an album that really could be a kind of a crossover kind of thing. So, you know, for me, I've never been that huge of a Doom fan, but for some reason, this album really kind of connected with me. Awesome. You it's know? great to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, our listeners and people who haven't aren't familiar with it, maybe they don't listen to Doom or maybe they do, you know, either way, might be, a, you know, it might be something they're into. Sure, man. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty intentional focus on like writing songs with verses and choruses and and like hooks you know that can appeal to to all kinds of people yeah you know because i mean i'm i'm a big fan of like baroness and uh oh same yeah you know bands like that and uh so i kind of have that a little bit and you know i hear you know little little parts here and there where they kind of remind me of that or then you know i don't know lots lots of cool it seems like lots of cool influences that you kind of seem to be mixing in there you know what were you what were you pulling from when you did write it? Um, well, Baroness is one conscious influence for sure, and it's cool. I just got off of a tour with him before this Gate Creeper tour. I, I was driving Paul Bear, so it was cool to like see those dudes every night and kind of pick their brains about like guitar harmonies and stuff like that. So yeah, Baroness is definitely one. Uh, Warning is a big one. That's a band from uh, the UK. They're kind of not around anymore, but they're playing Roadburn this year. But the guy that uh, sings and plays guitar in Warning is in another band called 40 Watt Sun, and they just put a record out that's incredible. Okay. Um, but yeah, Warning is a big one. Obviously, bands like Black Sabbath and Thin Lizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so obvious like Leonard Skinner, Black Oak, really? Arkansas, you know, because they have each of those bands. Black Oak in their in their heyday, as far as I'm concerned, and Leonard Skinner, from the beginning to the end, they had three guitar players. So it's always kind of interesting to, you know, Tom Dowd, kind of a well-renowned engineer in the 70s, happened to engineer both of those bands, most of or like all of their records in the 70s. And it's interesting to hear like how he placed three different guitars in the mix and also like how three different guitar players handled approaching like certain riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was definitely like a big frame of reference for Chain to Oblivion, especially maybe not so much on the EP, but on the full length, definitely because I was layering all kinds of guitars. So those are two big influences. And then really bands like Wake with an R R W A K E. Mm-hmm. I think I sent you one of their songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wake and Deadbird and Paul Bear. And a band called Sea Hag. All those bands are all from Arkansas. Okay. Um, and when I lived in Arkansas, that was like Wake and Deadbird were the two big ones. Sea Hag to you know me and and all of my bandmates and like the Paul Bearer guys and and everybody my age just 
pretty much like worshipped those bands. You know, we would go see them every time they played. So that definitely stuck with me a lot as well. Cool, man. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I really liked most about it too was just like that that push and pull of kind of the dark you know darker kind of riffs or, or or vocal melodies those kind of things or just emotions and then mixed with more of that you know uplifting or you could even go you know just kind of beautiful riffs or, or you know that mix back and forth it's such a weird thing that you kind of were able to mix it so well it's like i could be having a bad day listening to it and you kind of connect with it but then it's you also have that feeling of that uplifting part of it which makes it really cool and i can't say i've heard that a lot especially from doom albums which i thought was awesome so kind of where did that come from and how did you manage to pull that off so well man that's that's a really astute observation there and and you wouldn't believe like when i'm writing riffs i'll just name it something just so i can keep track if i'm like writing out a song pattern or whatever yeah and you you couldn't believe how many times i would write like pretty slash evil (laughs) and i've i've realized that that's like May, I, I think that's the element that that I should pursue as far as like the thing that makes Spirit Adrift kind of unique is like my biggest goal is within one riff to have it be like beautiful but evil and like threatening at the same time. So that's really cool that that that's coming across because I you know I never know it's tricky to like pull that off. But um, right, yeah, you man, wrote it. Man, so it's probably hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, I, n- I never know if if people are picking up on certain things. So I, that's that's great to hear. But again, man, I, I think that comes from primarily probably like Wake and Deadbird from Arkansas because seeing those bands and, and like listening to those albums, it is, it's like, you know, that, that Wake album that I sent you, Voices of Omens, it's like the most evil sounding thing I think I've ever heard. But then at the same time, there'll be passages and songs like Leviticus or whatever that, like make you want to cry that they're so pretty you know same with dead bird man pretty much every dead bird song does that where it's like it's so unbelievably heavy and like brutal sounding but it's also like just gorgeous and um i don't know i i think it you know it really stuck with me knowing those people personally they're very complex people like everybody that that's played in dead bird and everybody in wake they're hard to define as people and that kind of comes across in their bands. And I think I'm the same way, man. You know, I try, especially in the last year and a half, two years, I try to be like, I make a conscious effort to be positive every day, but I still have like, you know, I, I don't want to say like a dark side. That sounds kind of cheesy, but <laughs> I, I like things like piss me off more than they should still. And right. I have like really bad thoughts about like humanity and, and stuff like that and i get kind of hopeless at times and it's not nearly as bad as it used to be but i think that just that's what i'm trying to to deal with when i write these songs so it comes out you know there's a dichotomy there and plus i think it just sounds cool it's fun to toy with like alternating between like major chords and minor chords within like one riff you know yeah right you know so yeah, that, I was listening to that Wake a little bit, and I was going to wait till the end to kind of maybe play some of it, but maybe we should go ahead and, and I'll play um, a clip uh, of the song, especially that you sent, which was uh, Leviticus, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
the vocals in that were pretty cool. Kind of that, I don't know, almost like a screech kind of vocals and the the mood of it. You know, I you know I don't know some kind of like you hear a little neurosis in there. It's like a weird oh, combo sure. of so many different things. I couldn't really pinpoint it, but for sure. Well, what I heard, man, is uh, from what I understand, the drummer Jeff writes the majority of that stuff, and I know the guitar player Gravy writes some of it too. And I guess when Jeff was writing some of that stuff, he was listening to a lot of Suffocation. Really? And shit like that. But they all listen to, you know, like Black Sabbath, Ozzy, Neurosis, all that shit. But then he's coming out with these like insane, almost like prog riffs. But then it, you know, I was breaking some of those riffs down on the guitar the other day. And a lot of it's like, I don't want to give away a secret, but a lot of it's like really blues based, like chicken picking, almost like banjo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. type approach. And, um, it's cool you you mentioned the vocals too. Uh, CT there there's two vocalists. There's CT and then uh, Brittany. Okay. Also does vocals and one of the fascinating things about the vocal approach is a lot of times those two become like this indistinguishable like unified force. Like you can't tell their voices apart. That's like that uh, that high pitch like black metal stuff. It it just becomes this like they're I don't know they're becoming like one thing and i think that's pretty powerful yeah no i really really like that and uh you know i mean i might as well mention the other one too that kind of was similar with uh i guess as far as the vocals go a little bit was that was burning witch which i had oh, never, yeah. never heard of before either um and the album you sent was crippled lucifer uh-huh holy shit man that one was pretty badass <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's heavy dude that guy i don't really even know like that i've you know, I read an interview with the singer of Burning Witch, and he was talking about how hard it is to be unique. And this was back probably in in the late '90s, early 2000s that he was doing this interview. Okay. Maybe even like I don't even know when that band broke up. It might have been like mid '90s or something. But um, yeah, he was talking about like how hard it is to be unique, and he's just trying to like do his own thing. And I'm like, bro, you <laughs> succeeded because yeah. I've never heard anybody sing like that in my life. No. You know? It's like tortured, like, I mean, literally like a burning witch or something. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> very, very cool. I'm, I'm definitely, I added that to my uh, playlist and I'll, I'll definitely play a little bit of that song.
know if you've listened at all to the Agoraphobic Nosebleed EP that came out this year. Are you familiar with that? Man, I haven't really listened to that band since high school. I, yeah. I just haven't kept up. But um, I know they did. They were doing some idea where like each singer got to like pick the style of right. album. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, is it Cat from Salome picked this one? Yeah. Is it like sludged out? Okay. Right. Yeah. I haven't heard it, but I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I haven't listened. I hadn't listened to them in a while either. And I and I went and just checked out this EP. And for some reason, when I was listening to that Burning Witch stuff, it kind of brought me back to it a little bit just because her vocals on it kind of have that screechier kind of you know life to them that were kind of similar to that burning witch i definitely recommend it it's got that it's it's way different than any other of their other albums i mean very doomy and sludgy and riffs are, awesome. are, are great but uh if you haven't yeah definitely check it out and it, not as as unique vocals as as what they've doing on burning witch you know but um pretty powerful stuff too though she's got some cool lyrical uh, subject matter i would say too right on man thanks for the heads up i'll yeah. definitely check that out yeah so i mean uh perfect segue i guess the the, the lyrics and the subject stuff on on chain to oblivion I, you know that was the bigger one of the biggest things i picked up too from your interview which made me way more interested in going back to the album just your story man of of kind of where you were um with with the whole alcoholism and everything like that and recovery and then you know what sounded like just the passion to kind of throw yourself into into the ep and the album and kind of tell your story i thought that was really cool man thank you yeah it's 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 interesting to see what has happened you know in the wake of of putting out these recordings because i feel like um i don't want to say that that this was the first album that i had like no intention of anything happening because i feel like and i don't even know if i've talked about this in other interviews i can't remember I feel like everything I've ever done has been genuine for sure, but I feel like there was an urgency to this stuff that like I literally, I, I had to do it and I didn't care even in like a remote sense if it was like successful or even if anybody heard it. Like when I, when I did it, I was thinking about not even ever playing it for anybody mm. and just like hanging on to it for myself. And I don't know, there's a lot of philosophies that talk about how important your intentions are and right. that they uh, they come across. And, and you know, again, I, I don't want to act like my intentions on any other recording I've done were impure. But there's always things you're thinking of, like, oh, who am I going to send this to? Like, what's going to what's going to come out of this? Like, are there going to be tours? Is there going to be a record deal? Blah, blah, blah. And with this, it was literally just none of that. It was like I. I have to do this and that was it. And then I did it and it's just really interesting to see that, you know, it's been successful and it's great. I, I'm glad I, I let people hear it, you know. Was it something that like kind of aided in, you know, like your recovery or like some kind of cathartic thing for you or was it just you had this new kind of outlook and energy and, and had to kind of sit down and do this? Maybe all of that. I don't really know, man. I I did it so soon after I quit drinking, like, I, I was just kind of out of it still, but but I was like clear headed for the first time in years. I mean, maybe even like over a decade. And it just like all this all this music just started like flowing through me. Like I, I just had all these riffs in my head and just like I mean, I had a lot going on in my head. But amongst that chaos were like those songs from the EP. And then it just kept coming. So I. I did another album. I did that the full length, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, because a lot of it seems like a lot of the lyrics are kind of calling back to that, and 
you know, I haven't studied them. It's mostly just from listening listening to it and kind of pulling out certain lyrics here and there. But like one of my favorite songs on there is probably the title track, Chain to Oblivion. You know, just very, a little more of a, a emotive kind of song, it seems like. Like the lyrics you had in there, uh, no road goes on forever, no chain can't be broken. Like kind of just, what, what were you thinking of that part there? Um, That's kind of, I guess those two lines really sum up like the the primary theme and focus of the album, which was like a little different than the EP. The EP was like very immediately dealing with like, all right, I just, I just dealt with this awful experience and like I'm putting it behind me and seeing what lies beyond, like hence the title. With Change of Oblivion, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm like a, a functioning human being again. What is there, like, what is there to deal with beyond just the obvious issue that I just, kind of overcame and am recovering from and will probably always be recovering from. And it's just kind of this this fear that I've always had of just like leading a life of no purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was like really stuck in a rut for a few years there in a lot of ways. Like if you want to call it spiritually, go for it, you know, psychologically, emotionally. And um, yeah, I just felt like I had I had chained myself down to just like this futile like dead end kind of life and it's kind of like how how do you break out of that and how do you contribute something positive and you know lead, lead a life of like meaning and purpose i guess right right yeah no i it's I, really good i mean it's just lots of different uh lyrics throughout it like that that just kind of i don't know exactly what you're always talking about i, I need to sit down and really just read through them but uh you can kind of get the feel from a lot of them like that and i think it's pretty powerful stuff and i think that's why for me, at least, it just, that's why so many pieces of the album, I, for me, that work so well is you got the lyrical theme. And, and like you said, you can tell the intent is really there. It's not like you decided you were going to write this Doom album and you just figured you'd play slow and, and kind of talk about the, the normal lyrical themes and everything. What stood out for me was all these kind of different things you added in there that you don't normally hear. And I guess one of my like my thoughts when I was listening to it was why... Why did you choose to kind of like, you know, tackle these subjects and deal with all this stuff through through a Doom album since you've played and you're, you know, you're in Gate Creeper, you're you've been in different types of bands. Why why did you pick Doom to kind of deal with some of these emotions? Um, I think it's my natural inclination to play that kind of stuff. I mean, my very first band uh, when I was growing up in Oklahoma was kind of like a punk band, like figuring out how to play with other people and stuff. But then immediately after that, I was in like kind of a Black Sabbath worship kind of band, you know, very pentatonic bass riffs and stuff. And then, uh, man, it always it always goes back to Arkansas. Just I I can't stress enough how like what an impact the experience of living in Arkansas had on my life. I mean, all my favorite bands there were like Sludge, Doom at their core, but also very experimental and like forward thinking. So I don't know, man. I I was in a bunch of like sludge and doom type bands in Arkansas. I've always been drawn to that. You know, Black Sabbath is pretty much the reason I picked up a guitar. It was Jimi Hendrix, but but also Black Sabbath is really what like blew the doors off of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's fitting, man. I mean, to me, like I, I think the two most like honest and profound types of music, like lyrically speaking, are like doom and like old school country. I think I think they have a lot more in common than people realize. It's just it, it seems like those types of music are very conducive to like 
confessional, like soul searching type stuff, you know? Yeah. It's interesting you say that, that you, that you would think that's, it's, you know, I guess most appropriate to fit it with that type of music. I guess what I'm coming from is, you know, I think of more of the, you know, melancholy lyrics and, and just kind of focusing on your more typical doom lyrics. And I'm not a, you know, expert in doom because, you know, it's been something that I've been getting more into lately, but it wasn't ever my strong suit. So I just thought it was interesting that you kind of threw in all the uplifting kind of that mix in there and the kind of the, the some of the positivity and all that that you have in there and put that into doom to where, you know, maybe something like that, you would assume it would be maybe in a different style of music. Yeah, I, I think there's bands. Well, I know there's bands before me that have done that. And uh, kind of more contemporarily speaking, I, I think Yob is a very big one um, okay. from Washington or I'm sorry, from Oregon. They've always been a, a massive influence on me. And uh, Mike from Yob is is a big inspiration for me just personally, too. You know, they're they're about as crushingly heavy as you can get. But at the same time, the lyrics are like they're very they can be profoundly like raw, I guess is, is a good way of putting it. But they're also like there's hope there. And then, um, you know, Paul Bear before mm. me. Right. Uh, on, yeah. The, that first Paul Bear album, I know, was a very like crucial thing for them to do emotionally. And, and the second one, too, there, there's a big overarching, like, I guess, theme of, of like dark and light and positivity and negativity and how those forces are crucial and they feed each other, you know. And yeah, I would attribute that to being me being a huge fan of, of Yob and Paul Bear. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and Paul Bear is one of those bands that kind of started pulling me into the Doom scene a little bit more. Again, I think it's some of that crossover, different kind of style, you know. Definitely, man. They they changed the game. Yeah. You know, that that first album, when it came out, really just, it was a great thing for for everybody involved, man. For them, for the, the listeners, for fans of Doom, and just fans of, of music in general that, that aren't really familiar with Doom. And it's cool that... that um, I don't know. There is, there seems to be that crossover appeal now. Yeah. And I, I, I attribute a lot of that to Paul Bear, really. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. They mix a lot of different things. And, and, and that's one of the things, again, that I liked about your album. Um, uh, just to kind of go off on some of the stuff you sent me, I kind of, you know, had asked for some albums that kind of influence you or there are some high marks in Doom for like if there's anybody out there that uh, maybe isn't as familiar with Doom or someone like me who's kind of digging into it a little bit more. And I know we talked about Burning Witch, we talked about Wake, and then there was um, a couple other ones. So you had Black Sabbath Sabotage. Why Why exactly did you pick uh, with the song The Writ? Why exactly did you go with that one? Man, Sabotage. I, I heard that album after I heard a bunch of other Black Sabbath albums. I think I heard like pretty much every Ozzy Sabbath album, except for maybe the ones after it. And then I heard Sabotage, and and ever since I heard that, like, hands down, my favorite record ever made. I think it would have been easy when talking about Doom to pick something off of, like, Master Reality or or even, like, the song Black Sabbath, which I feel, like, created Doom Metal. But I think what they did with Sabotage is kind of what I'm trying to do with Spirit of Drift, where they, they kind of, like, defied any... I mean, yeah, it's it's still Black Sabbath and you could call it like some of its doom or, or whatever, but they just kind of pushed the envelope on that album and they really got experimental, not necessarily like sonically, although they did a little bit, but but experimental more in the sense of like kind of just defying classification, I guess. And that song to me is just like, 
Ozzy's greatest vocal yeah. performance. I, I love it. You know, the lyrics are about, I mean, surface level, they're about being screwed over by their manager. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, it's very like honest. They're dealing with a real life circumstance that that really like screwed their lives up for a while. You know, and I, I think it's it's a kind of like uncharacteristically personal song for that man. I agree. Um, yeah. Different than the normal lyrical themes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love it. Man, I mean, and Geezer uses like metaphors in the lyrics, uh, but it's it's also like very obvious what they're talking about. And I just I think that song's so heavy. I, I love it. But it's again, it's it's that what we were talking about. It's really heavy and evil sounding, but it's also very like uplifting right. somehow. Right. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the only funny thing about that one is that is that damn uh, album cover. That one always sticks out to me, man. It's it's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> I hate it. Do you know the story behind that album cover? No, no, I, I don't. OK, well, <laughs> again, their management or, or somebody kind of misled them or there was a miscommunication and they they showed up to what they thought was going to be like, uh, I don't know, like a rehearsal for the shoot just to like see what it was going to look like or whatever. They didn't realize that they were showing up to the actual like photo shoot for the album cover that was going to be used for the album. So they're all wearing just like random ass, like <laughs> random clothes that people on massive amounts of cocaine and drunk out of their right. minds would be wearing. Like Bill Ward is wearing his wife's pants in that picture. And you can like see through them. You see his underwear on the back. But um, yeah, so they they did what they thought was like a run through of the photo shoot, and then all of a sudden, that's their album cover. They were supposed to be wearing all black. Oh wow! And then yeah, that's that's the result. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but luckily, I mean, yeah, it's it's an amazing album, and it's one that I found later. You know, as being a Sabbath fan, went back. You know, I just didn't really. It's not as popular, but uh, I really really do like that one too. Um, yeah. And then so you had uh, there was two other ones that we didn't talk about yet. One was Trouble the Skull. And the other one was St. Vitus Die Healing. I know St. Vitus Die Healing, I hadn't listened to that album before. Definitely dug the vocals on that one. Kind of that operatic, kind of all over the place. Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Full-blown really cool. psycho. Yeah, that's um, that's Scott Rieger's, the original singer. And uh, that album came out in the 90s. 
but I mean, he's, he's OG St. Vitus. He was their original singer. So he was on the first couple of albums and then, uh, came back in the band in the nineties and they did die healing, which is my favorite Vitus record. And, uh, dude, I gotta say, he's like hands down my favorite doom vocalist. No disrespect to anybody else, but that dude was so badass live. I mean, he, he, he pulled off that it's like back and forth from like an opera singer to like, an, a patient at like an insane asylum <laughs> right, you know right. yeah yeah i mean it adds yeah. so much character to it it's really, really really cool yeah it's a fun record for sure yeah so we'll play we'll play something from that Trouble the skull, pray for the dead. What, what about that one? Um, well, I had heard. I think strangely enough, I got into trouble when Dave Grohl did that Probot album. Oh, okay, right, yeah. And he had Eric Wagner sing on a track, and then I I checked out Trouble. I I might be a poser for that, but I mean, I was pretty young when when that came out. But so I'd heard like Psalm Nine and um, Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God and Down actually turned me on to the the Skull that album. First time I heard it was at his house in New Orleans. And dude, that song, Pray for the Dead, like that main riff. It's heavy. Seriously, one of my favorite riffs ever. What what is, just to kind of end things off a little bit? Gate Creeper. We also talked about that in our last episode. Um, recent, recent. Oh, cool. Checked out that album. 
which we also really liked. And, Thank you. Uh, so what's your involvement with that band exactly? Guitar? Uh, yeah, I play guitar. I um, Chase, the singer, and I have been really close uh, pretty much since I moved to Arizona. And, you know, we both kind of went through some shit uh, separately and together and came out the other side. And, and honestly, like how he approached starting Gate Creeper was a big influence on on how I approached starting Spirit Adrift. You know, he just... He had some songs he just had to do and did that EP with Matt, the drummer, and then uh, got Eric and Sean and our buddy Max was playing guitar for a while. And uh, I was just a, an enormous fan ever since I, I I heard him and I loved it. But then seeing it live, I was like, oh, my God, it was like all I could think of was like a bulldozer. Right. It was like literally like being smashed into by a bulldozer. And uh, I went on tour with them last summer. And came back, and they made some lineup changes and asked me to play guitar. And, of course, I was beyond stoked because, like I said, huge fan of the band. So, yeah, I don't I don't write any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just play guitar, which is kind of cool because I feel like I can be objective about it. And I can listen to that Gate Creeper album way more than anything else I've ever done. Okay, uh, right, right. I, I'm just like a – I'm a huge fan of it, like unapologetically, you know. But – um. I think I might have the opportunity to help write on the next one. Talked about it a little bit, yeah. but I mean, th- those guys clearly know what they're doing. So I don't want to, I don't want to fuck with that formula. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I, you know, you hear the HM two and you, you go, you know, your head goes to the Swedish stuff and then, but they also throw in a lot of that hardcore vibe and it's super catchy and it's kind of its own thing, you know? And, uh, really cool it seems like a lot of people are really digging it and everybody we've you know some of our fans have kind of talked about it a little bit and it sounds like it's catching on for sure yeah man the response has has honestly been overwhelming and and kind of surreal uh we did that tour with skeleton witch and iron reagan and oathbreaker yeah. who dude all three of those bands i cannot say enough good things about as people as bands as professionals like Seriously, like the best group of people I've ever toured with. That's awesome. Love what a, them. What a lineup, too. I mean, geez. Yeah, and it, it worked so well because it was so diverse, man. I mean, there's some crossover appeal with those bands, but like they're all doing their own thing, you know. And we played first, and you know, weren't sure what to expect, but I mean, every night was awesome, dude. It was a great time, great response. Um, I just feel very grateful, you know, especially thinking about like where Chase was a few years ago, where I was a couple years ago, a few years ago, and just like where we're at now. Um, it's, it's hard not to be totally grateful and overwhelmed with like positivity with when good things are happening, you know? Yeah, man. It's awesome. I mean, both bands, like, you know, definitely seems like good things are coming and I can't imagine if not both of your bands or one of them, I mean, it's gotta be just catching on. I know that wasn't the intent but i mean it definitely seems like it's got i can't see how how one of them or both couldn't <laughs> yeah and you know even though it might not have been the intent we're not we're not going to turn it away man oh, yeah. right yeah yeah well man i wish you the best with both bands thank we're definitely you man push both on the podcast and awesome I'll, I'll be listening for sure and and i really yeah i really appreciate it man thanks thanks for talking and and, and everything man. yeah thank you jason i had a really good time talking to you